Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on a Tuesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Full show all 90 minutes today going up until 7 o'clock. Red Sox baseball playoff game tonight. Sox and Yankees. We'll have the coverage for you beginning at 7.08. But we also got to talk about the Patriots as well, who are now 1-3 after the loss on Sunday night. And joining us is the voice of the Pats. It's Bob Sosi. Bob, thanks for being with us as always. And uh, last week you told us, <laughs> you thought that Brady coming to town was going to be just another game, and it wasn't even as big as regular season division title on the line games. After living it, did it feel different, or does last week's assessment still stand? Well, let's let's clarify. I had to approach it as if it were another game. Brady. <laughs> I walked to the stadium extra early to be the traffic on route one and try to get into the stadium before <laughs> the massive media and game day personnel got there with you know, twice the number of credentials issued for that game. than even playoff games of the past. And of course, hearing the chants of Brady Brady around the stadium when Tom came out for warmups and seeing the throng of media who were cleared from the stadium tunnels because of COVID restrictions, you know, generally you would see, Media down in the tunnel area where the players come in, make their entrance, whether off the visiting team buses or as Patriots as they drive into the parking lot and come through the bowels of Gillette Stadium to make their way to the locker. You'd find photographers, you know, lining those hallways trying to get the shots. You see them on the game day shows or on social media on Sunday mornings. Well, that area was cleared out except for NFL films and NBC. So you had this huge mass of reporters you know, a big glob of them, including myself, <laughs> uh, gathered around the tunnel that leads to the field. And of course, it was the opposite end of where Brady usually makes his entrance. Yeah. He usually comes in from the corner where the lighthouse is and then runs down the sideline and then pumps his fist at the enclosed end of Gillette Stadium right near the Brady's corner sign. At least I say he usually does. He usually did. <laughs> not to JC, of course, but not this time. He came in that other tunnel and the other direction down the sideline with Glenn Gabbert, and, and uh, they're awaiting on his arrival and entrance finally uh, were, you know, dozens, maybe even hundreds of reporters and photographers uh, waiting for him, and I was among them. So, yes, it was very different. Uh, the game itself uh, was uh, a bit of a grinder in, in terms of the offensive productions teams, you know, fighting for points, uh, the uh, Bucks getting into the red zone, the Patriots forcing them to kick field goals, Mac Jones, you know, sparking his offense when the Patriots couldn't get the run game going and then finding a tremendous rhythm with 19 consecutive completions. That set the stage, of course, for great football theater in the fourth quarter, and it was thrilling. It still is not as important as a playoff game or even a game that decides, you know, who gets into the playoffs. And I think one of the games I might have referenced last week uh, was the Week 17 game between the Bears and the Packers some years ago where Aaron Rodgers, who had been hurt, finally uh, came back for the Packers and rescued uh, their playoff hopes, and they won that game, and the Bears were left out of the postseason. Well, none of that was riding on the line in this game, but it was still a huge night, still a great atmosphere. I thought the fans were tremendous. They gave Brady the reception he deserved, chanting his name, and then they roared for Mac Jones when he took the field, and they booed the Bucks when it was time to get the game started. You know, I said yesterday, I... I think I'm in the minority, but I do take a moral victory out of what we saw on Sunday night. I thought there was a lot of positive. I love the way that Mac Jones played in the face of pressure, you know, actual pressure from the Bucks defensive line and outside pressure from all the noise as well. 
when you look at Sunday night, do you focus on the positive of what went right, or do you look at the plays left on the table and the mistakes made that may have cost them the game? Well, I look at the mistakes as the kind of problems that have been self-inflicted that they need to correct. The fumble by J.J. Taylor when they had great field position early in the third quarter. I think that play gets lost because of the outcome ultimately hinging on a missed field goal from 56 yards out. If Taylor doesn't fumble on a screenplay in the third quarter, maybe the Patriots drive in and they build a two-score lead as opposed to clinging at that point to a narrow one-point lead. Mistakes like false starts, holding calls, the missed calls on the offensive line, snap counts, protection calls, the lead to a free rusher down the middle of the defense hitting Matt Jones and forcing the interception that he threw. Those problems still exist, not to the extent as the first three weeks. I thought overall the Patriots played far better, but they have to eliminate those mistakes, particularly in two weeks when they play the Dallas Cowboys, if they truly want to get the season turned around. But I'm with you for the most part, because I think most importantly of all, we discovered again that Matt Jones can meet the moment. The Matt Jones has tremendous poise for a rookie, and I think even a veteran considering yeah. what he was up against last week. You mentioned the outside pressure as well as the literal pressure from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Patriots' inability to run the ball, they put the that forced them to put the game on his shoulders, and he spread the ball out, and he orchestrated the offense beautifully. And at the same time, of course, you know, held up while looking across the field, as much as you might have tried to avoid any eye contact or watch the Buccaneers offense, nonetheless, that's Tom Brady over there. You've heard the fans chanting his name. You know the history. You've studied him. You watched him as a kid, and now you're going toe-to-toe. And frankly, you know, for long stretches of that game, at least you know, relatively speaking against the other team's defense, Matt Jones was the better quarterback at times in that game. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with us every single Tuesday right here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Bob, you mentioned the, the running game issues, and they certainly had them on Sunday to the tune of negative one yards rushing in that game. Now that we've seen that Mac Jones can handle it, do they get away from the philosophy we thought they would employ of running the ball a lot and, and kind of let Mac cook, or is that a one-game, one-off? Well, we just heard from Josh McDaniels a few moments ago as you and I recorded this conversation. I was on the conference call, the Zoom call with the Patriots assistant coaches, and he said that's not a sustainable way to go about an entire season. I think there are a number of factors here at play, Brady. Number one, they've faced two very good rushing defenses. New Orleans is outstanding. Tampa Bay is even better. Nobody's really been able to run with any success against Tampa Bay. You didn't even see really the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott. And, uh, you know, they're great backfield. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they didn't even try to run uh, against uh, the uh, Buccaneers in week one. The Rams certainly had problems trying to run the ball. So I think you look at that, but then you also have to praise and maybe reassess the Patriots personnel on the backfield. Sonny Michelle is not here. He's been traded away to L.A. Ramondre Stevenson has been benched since his fumble in week one. J.J. Taylor gets out there for a couple of snaps. His first touch in the passing game, he fumbles. There's no James White, so there are trust issues when it comes to pass protection, which has meant that they've relied heavily on Brandon Bolden, you know, taking nothing away from him. I thought he played well against the Buccaneers, but nonetheless, this is an older back who came into the league in 2012 and really is here, let's face it, primarily because of his special teams value. So I think those are factors along with the offensive line just not being as good, as productive, as efficient 
as we expected them to be. And I do think that they're going to have to clean up a lot of the mistakes up front, and that will lead to them being a much better running team down the road, particularly because they won't face rushing defenses as stout as the last two they faced uh, for the most part. They're going to face some good ones down the road, but nothing like the last two, I think. Uh, certainly not this week against the Houston Texans. So yeah. I think that they have they have to try to they have to try to overcome those growing pains, the issues for Stevenson and Taylor. And also, you know, as we've talked about, they've got to clean up the problems on the offensive line. You know, you have called enough games that maybe you've seen this before. Maybe you and Zoe talked about it the other night. And I, I just have a question about Nick Folk's, you know, go-ahead uh, field goal attempt. It was billed as 56 yards. The line of scrimmage was reported as the 37. That would make it a 54-yard kick. So was the line of scrimmage wrong and it was really the 39? Or when it's a far kick, will a kicker move back a little bit to allow him to, you know, to kick it lower and not get it blocked? Because I'm like, those two yards make a big difference. Where did they go? Well, that's a great question. Now, generally, I, I add 18 to the line of scrimmage. Okay. With a, with a field goal. It's interesting. I think in college, I always added 17. That was generally the mark off in the college game. In the NFL, it's more like 18. And sometimes you, you get into that era where the ball's between the hash marks. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the official line of scrimmage is the one going forward. You know, the old round up as opposed to round down. Yeah. So, you know, that could be why the line of scrimmage was listed. That I have to go back. It's a great question that I that now makes me want to go back and, and just get a freeze frame, you know, of the setup to that play and see exactly where the ball was and where Jake Bailey set up. Initially, I called it 55 yards. And then as I saw Bailey put his knee down and set up for the spot, it looked like 56. Uh, you know, but it did make a huge difference in the end with that particular play. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated. I would love to know the answer to that. Um, and you're right about the long-distance kicks because you will drive the ball lower on a long-distance kick and, and thereby give the opposition a better opportunity perhaps to block it. You know, I think the Patriots, by and large, did a great job at compartmentalizing and just playing the game yesterday, but the, or on Sunday, rather. But there was so much anticipation. How much relief do you think there is now that that game is over? I kind of feel like now we can just play football again, and we'll see if this team can turn it around and correct some of the mistakes they've been making. Do you get that sense? Yeah, Brady, and this relates to the question about moral victories, because I mentioned only Matt Jones, but I think for a number of guys who were in a position last week they were unaccustomed to, even some with playoff experience. You know, you look at Matt Judon, the way he brought it against the Buccaneers. To me, that's a tremendous side. Even yeah. though he's played, in, he's played in a lot of high-leverage games, of course, with the Baltimore Ravens, postseason and even huge regular season games. But, you know, the kind of buildup that led to that Sunday night affair. And he showed his exasperation, a little irritation last Thursday when asked for the sixth consecutive question <laughs> in the press conference about Tom Brady. And I think about some of the other players that, you know, are new to this environment, new to the Patriots and new to the expectations. And particularly for a couple of guys who were not, you know, playing well at the time going into the game. Johnny Smith was coming off probably his worst performance as a professional the week before, and he caught a huge touchdown pass yeah. in that contest against the Buccaneers. And Hunter Henry caught a touchdown pass. And I think about, you know, some of the way, some of the players and the way they responded to those circumstances. All the talk about Brady and truly trying to compartmentalize, trying to do more than pay lip service to the idea that we're just playing against another team. We're playing against the Tampa Bay team and not Tom Brady. And I thought they did a good job of going out there and competing. And for the most part, like I said, played far better than we had seen in the first three weeks. So I think a lot of uh, encouragement 
optimism, you know, from what those guys showed us. But I also wonder this week if somewhat there's that challenge, even though yep. they're a one and three football team, they're going up against a team in the Houston Texans who were walloped 40 to nothing. And everybody knows the circumstances with the Texans. And they have a rookie quarterback who uh, last week, I think had more interceptions two than completions in the first half one. Uh, the, the, the Texans average third down distance was 11 plus yards. Uh, they went three and out on virtually every offensive drive. And so they were really hammered at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. And they're going to go down to Houston for a noon kickoff, you know, against the struggling team that's in a total teardown rebuild after facing the defending Super Bowl champions with this, you know, increased uh, intensity all week long, each day more attention paid to the game. And, you know, the, the, the press uh, numbers and the people that were there just to cover each player availability. Well, this week it's going to be probably a lot different. Uh, of course, the Patriots going down to Houston, and then when they get into that stadium, you know, who who knows what the atmosphere hmm. is going to be like. So they're going to have they're going to have to generate, I think, a lot of emotion at game time. But this week, you know, this is where that focus, where the process really gets tested, and that's something Matt Slater talked about in his press availability on Monday when I asked him about the mix of new players, what he's discovered with all these different players. You have turnover every year in the NFL, but not the kind of numbers the Patriots have experienced this past year. And a thing he talked about was the process. Get back to playing consistent winning football. But, you know, you, you really have to focus on the process. And I think that's really where they're tested this week. Bob, we got about 30 seconds left. You work in New England. You were born in New York. Red Sox or Yankees tonight? Who you got? Brady, I was born in central New York as a, and Red as a Mets fan. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox eventually became my American League team thanks to TV 38 and the <laughs> dull tones of Ned Martin working at the time along with Ken Harrelson and later Bob Montgomery. So I adopted the Red Sox as my American League team. The Mets were my first team. The Yankees will never be my team. They're always <laughs> the last team. I'm just, I'm just fired up very quickly that you have this wild card, you know, back-to-back AL-NL matchup of Red Sox-Yankees and the Cardinals-Dodgers. The aesthetics to those two games, four of the best uniforms in sports, but also you know great traditional rivalries. So I'm thinking about Dave Roberts stealing second base against Mariano Rivera and the Yankees in the 4 LCS, and Ozzie Smith hitting the home run off Tom Niedenfuhrer in the 82 NLCS. Go crazy, folks. Bob, a longtime baseball broadcaster, always with a soft spot for America's pastime. So, Bob, we appreciate you, the voice of the Patriots, with us every single Tuesday here on DEV. And, Bob, we'll do it again in seven days. Brady, thanks.